his love today amen drawn by his love that's what you feel it's not us it's his love amen and as we worship him and as we lift him up amen he saturates this place in his love and all the mistakes that you made and everything that's in your past and all the flaws that you feel like you have right now it's, it's kind of just all covered up with his love there's nothing like it you won't find it anywhere else you can find temporary little, you know, maybe band-aids to put over some big sores. But there's some issues that can't be dealt with unless you get the love of God. Amen. And so you're in the right place today. And I'm so thankful. Amen. Because there's so many of you that God has been doing such incredible things in your life. And you're in the right place because God wants to do something special in you today. I wonder if you just turn to somebody right now before you're seated. And I want you to tell them, say... God's going to do something special in your life today. I know, I know you're not a prophet, but go ahead and prophesy right now. Tell them, say, God's going to do something special in your life today. Amen. I believe it. He's going to do something special in your life today. Amen. You could be seated. My wife and I were married in 1997, and in 1998, we uh, went to a, a conference called New Wineskins in, uh, in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. I had, a, I had a friend at Bible College. His name was Mike Yodernicek, and uh, <clears throat> Mike Yodernicek was a cool guy, man. He was just like the ultimate cool guy. Uh, if you know if you know anything about Michael, you just like he's just so cool, right? And so we were friends. We had been friends, and we go to this this seminar, and I'm sitting in a small group setting, like we have kind of on Thursday nights. I'm sitting in this small group setting, and this guy introduces himself as Rob Yodernicek, and I'm like, well, wait a second, the the Mike Yodernicek, he was. I think he was from Iowa. There's no way this guy's, they're not the same. But, but really, I mean, how many people in the world are named Yadernicek, right? So I was thinking, I was like, there's got to be some connection. And then the more I kind of observed him, I was like, you know, he's kind of, he's a little bit like Mike. Now, don't ever tell him that I said that. But he was a little bit like Mike in his mannerisms and some of the things that he did. And, and he liked to sing like Mike. And so there was just all kinds of, I was like, you know, I'm going to ask him. So I asked him, I was like, do you know Mike Yodernich? He's like, yeah, that's my brother. I'm like, wow, he's never told me about you, but that's awesome. And I, I was so excited to, to get to meet Mike's brother. And the cool thing was, was we, we instantly had a connection. Uh, we were both youth pastors at the time. And uh, my wife hit it off with Amy real well. And I hit it off with Rob. And we just became like instant friends. And so for the next couple of years, we would go back to this conference. And, you know, we were there to learn stuff. But part of the connection was just we were, we were going there and, and we were seeing our friends. And it was kind of a cool hookup. And so... We went there and we stayed with them one time. And this was in 99, I think, that we stayed with them for the first time. I'm going somewhere with this. Just hold on. And uh, so in 1999, we stayed with them. And they had just had their, their uh, first baby, Brayden. And uh, so they were being so kind. They had a, a nice place. They were being so kind. And they gave up their bed and let us sleep in their bed. And they slept in the living room. Isn't that nice? That's, that's nice friends right there. 
And uh, we were we were so thankful, you know, so grateful. We got to kind of spend more time with them. Uh, but an interesting thing happened. As we were sleeping, my wife and I, uh, there was a train track right behind their building. And we had no idea that the train track was there. And so in the middle of the night, literally, in the middle of the night, the train comes busting through there. Right? And we're just like, my wife and I both, we sit up in bed and we're like, what is that? We poke our heads out to the living room and they're just, they're just knocked out. And so the next day I was like, did you guys know that you have a train that comes through here? And they were like, oh yeah, yeah, we forgot all about that. And so then it was a literal train coming through, waking us up, making sure that we were aware. We had no clue. They were so used to it that they just, they slept right through it, didn't even bother them. And so, literally, we have had a lot of fun with that story for years. But as I, as I thought about it, many times in our life, we have discussions, we have friends, and we have discussions, and we have had some figurative discussions as well. And, and so, kind of what we have done over the past 20 years is uh, we have made each other aware of the trains that we were not aware of in our life. And... I'm thankful to have our good friends here today. Because sometimes things are going on in our life and we don't even really realize it until we make each other aware of it. And then it's like, wow, it's good to have good friends. Amen. And we're so thankful for the Yadernicheks. I'm not going to put too much pressure on Amy today. Maybe in Louisville I will, but I really want her to say something. I, I should have asked her to sing Maybe Rob can make her sing or something. We'll, we'll get something out of her. But uh, I'm glad that Hollywood is with us today. And uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just see the bulletin picture. That's all I'm going to say. We are so glad that Rob and Amy are here. I want them to come. He's going to speak to us today. They pastor in McGuanagoe, Wisconsin. Uh, we are now both pastoring. We have been pastoring now for several years. And we just have so many great discussions and conversations together. And so if you don't get anything out of today, which I know that you will. We're going to be blessed, my wife and I, just because they're here. So thank you for allowing us, amen, to allow them to speak to you and minister to you today. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Um, you know, they are our very good friends, but we really needed sleep that night. We had a newborn baby. You don't have sleep with that. Um, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 21, verse 3. Uh, I am going to ask my wife to come up and, and just share something with you, and then we'll read. You don't have to stand yet. I'll have you stand up when we, when we do this. This is my beautiful wife of almost 20, well, 21 years, and here she is. Thank you. It's so wonderful. This is like a family to us, um, AJ and Kathy. And it's like God's timing whenever we can get together. It is impeccable. Like he, there's always multiple reasons why we connect with people of faith and friends and family. But um, I just want to compliment you as every time we come here, wow, I just feel so welcomed. Um, it's good to see some familiar faces, but even more blessed to meet new faces here. Um, right from the start we walk in, we just feel your love. 
And then we feel his presence, and it's so easy to worship in an environment like that because it is exactly represents what he is. And so I want to just thank you. Thank you for your heart. Thank you for your genuine love. Um, this morning, the verse of the day, and I posted a picture of it. Um, it was Psalm 32.8, and it says, The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. I will advise you and watch over, over you. His promises are always true, but sometimes we don't really grasp them and apply them. We still always kind of depend on ourselves first. And thinking about coming in here, it's sometimes so safe on Sunday to come into his presence and to know you're going to feel his love, to know you're going to get a good word, and it's like a saving grace Sundays. How many of you believe that on Sundays? I need church. But sometimes we leave here and then we go, whoa, now I have to carry this whole week. And I have to do this. And God, I'm going to include you. Of course I'm going to include you. You are my God. But we sometimes don't take his word and we don't take this presence and take him as much. And I was thinking about this app. How many of you use Waze? W okay. Amazing app. Um, I have now heard that Ford cars, they're selling these cars. And I told Kathy with the Waze app, as part of the package. And some people would be like, wow, that's great. Um, but I use that so often. Even when I'm not um, needing directions, it tells you every hazard. It tells you fog. It tells you something in the road. It tells you when the police officer's coming up. I don't need that one, but it's good to, it's good to know. Um, it tells, it, it links you aware. And other people can report for you. So other Wazers will say, oh, there's construction coming up. Put it in their phone, the next person knows. And then when you get close to it, it says, yes, thumbs up, or no. Like it's no longer there, or it is. And you can, you can agree or disagree. It is wonderful. And I was thinking about the scripture this morning, and that came to mind how much we depend on things in our life. This morning, that sister, what you said about our media, and it, I just completely, that's so true. We get so distracted, and we look at those things as dependent. But this is what the Lord says. The Waze app, it does guide you. It does advise you a reroute. It does kind of protect what you could be, but what, what if we took that and applied that to when we left church? Lord, every part, I'm going to have you in my hand. I'm going to have you on my lap. I'm going to have you on my car, and I'm going to allow you to lead, guide, and protect. I just think our lives would even more so be just enlightened by him. So um, love you all. Again, thank you for allowing us to be here. We look forward to spending this day with you. God bless you. Thank you, honey. Oh, I'm so thankful for our friends. You know, um, we have, as you know, known them for a very long time, and uh, they are just a phenomenal. You know, sometimes um, I think about pastors and how much they are part of our big days and they're part of our worst days, aren't they? Amen. Um, I had somebody come up to me, and um, their daughter-in-law's going through cancer and and uh, he said you know pastor I'm praying for you because you have to carry this and, and minister and all that and I, I turned to them and I said you know what though we are also a part of the greatest moments that people have um, we're part of baby dedications we're part of uh, you know marriages um, we're part of that moment where they come down to the altar 
all the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. And I look at Kathy and I look at AJ. And uh, they are people that are leaders in our circles. I want you to know something about your pastor, that he and Sister Kathy, that they, they are not only leaders and peers, other peers, other pastors, but they also lead other pastors as well. They influence that. I'm so thankful for your pastors. And I wonder if we can just stand and give them... Uh, clap. Now that I have your standing, let's go to John chapter 21, verse 3. Um, we're thankful to be here. And I'm thankful to be with you. I'm sorry that our children couldn't make it. Both of them are a little older and they have a little bit, some other uh, obligations. In John chapter 21, verse 3, I'm in the New Living Translation. It says this, Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. The disciple says, we'll come too. And they all said, so they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. Have you ever had an expectation of something great that was going to happen? But because of whatever the reasons are, you found out that nothing kind of came through. Here it is. They've gone fishing and uh, they haven't caught anything. So my sermon title for today is this. The thought that I want you to consider is this. Don't trade stalling for your calling. Don't trade stalling. Don't trade sitting on your gifts. Don't trade sitting on your talents. Don't trade that interaction with the express love of Jesus Christ for your calling. Don't do it. God's got something for you. Amen? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody sit down. Hallelujah. Woo! It's good to be here. Good to be here. So I don't know about you, but uh, when I talk to guys, uh, they, and I, I would say half of you here probably have a car story, right? I mean, you have the car that you remember, right? Is anybody out there, right? Yes. Okay. You got it. You got it. You know, you know the story is, well, I want to talk to you about one of my cars. And uh, it had a customized paint job. Whew. Yep, it did. It had bucket seats. It had stock rims because you didn't need anything else, right? Yeah? It had tinted windows. It had a stereo that could bump. And I bought it for $900. I know, right? It's beautiful. And I want to share with you a picture of my beautiful car. That, that, is, that is a gorgeous, that is a 19, if you don't know what you're looking at, that is a 1986 Renault Alliance. Yes, it is. And I want you to notice the customization over here on the side with the kind of the orange spots along it. 
In fact, if you look closer upon the roof, it has like this faded light blue, and then you have the full blue going. And when I talk about tinted windows, well, it only had one window that was tinted, and it was the driver's side, passenger side. I mean, it was sweet. I could sit in this car, and, and it's kind of the bucket seats that when you sit down, right, and, 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 and you, you adjust it, your knees come up when you adjust it. When you come down, it's like up like this, you know. It was awesome. It was, it was just, it was phenomenal. And, and on top of it, it had a gear shift. And it was a, you wouldn't know this, but it was automatic. It looked like it was stick because it had a cool gear shift. But you're like, <laughs> right? I mean, it was, it was powerful. I mean, and this stereo, oh my goodness. Some of you don't even know what I'm about to say. You don't even have a clue what I'm talking about. But it had that little, that little cassette that you put in that has the little, Line on it in the in the no shock uh, CD. Come on, right? I'm talking about one of my cars. I mean, which is awesome. It was beautiful. And so, with this wonderful car that I had, as as I'm driving around, enjoying it, uh, I had uh, enjoyed the the time that you have in it. And and you know, <laughs> I'm telling you, it was pretty intimidating sometimes. You know, you'd pull up to the 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 uh, the the lights and, and somebody wants to you know, rev their thing. You're like, oh, come on. <laughs> or, or they'd be trying to talk to you like, hold on. <laughs> what? And these are, the coolest part about these cars though is that you're sitting so high that the, that the, the window came up to here. I mean, that's, you're like, hey. <laughs> you see like the whole, you don't get it. You don't get the customization that is here. I mean, this is a beautiful car. And so uh, as I'm driving, going to college and, and everything, I find that uh, there's something going wrong with my car, it seems, because as I'm driving, it kind of slips. And then I'm driving, and it goes, but, it, but the, the accelerator is still down. It's going, some of you know what I'm talking about. And I let that go as long as I can because I'm on a college uh, budget. <clears throat> so finally, I'm, it happened to be in my parents' driveway and then I put it in reverse and I press on the gas and nothing happens. It's just kind of, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? It's a transmission problem. This is serious because I have great love for this car. Mad props for this car here. And so you can understand that I've spent $900 on this bad boy. And, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not ready to give it up. Tell you the truth. I'm enjoying it. Right? So uh, I uh, put it into neutral and I kind of, you know, you do this thing. Right? Thing. And, it, and it's pretty light. <laughs> but then I take it out and park it. And I'm like, oh, my goodness. I got issues going on. But I'll tell you what. I, I, I want you to know I, I sprung for a new transmission, which is pretty awesome. I know. $1,300. Well, that bad boy, yep, uh-huh. That bad boy, that helped me so much. And, and so many times I think uh, we find ourselves in, in a certain place in our life where we're like, okay, something's going on. But I, I want you to know something. Nobody wants to be stalled. As I look at Christian life, this is the biggest tragedy when people get stalled in their faith. 
we get stalled spiritually, right? Sometimes we see that something's gone wrong. Praying doesn't seem to work anymore. I'm bored with church and the church crowd. Half the time the Bible doesn't make sense to me. That is when I slow myself down enough to actually read it, which isn't often. If I'm really honest with myself, I, I don't have a clue what God is like, right? And I'm talking about being stalled. Or what he wants from me. I play church and act as if I have it all together, but inside I, mm, I'm just a little tired, fatigued, tired of the fog tired of running and missing things that I want most, right? Real purpose. Real life. My faith isn't working and, and I don't know how to fix it. I, I look around and I see examples of that all over our country. A lack of faith. A stalled faith. There's current drifts that are happening among Christ followers right now. Pornography is tripping up Christian men. There are about 53% of Christian men are dealing with pornography. Unmarried Christians are living together. Self-identified, born-again Christians, particularly those under 35, have cohabitated. And many see nothing wrong with this. Marriages are failing among believers. 32 to 33%. Almost as much is statistically identical to those of non-Christians, by the way. Adults are leaving Christian churches. More than one quarter of American adults have left the faith which they were raised in for another religion or no religion at all. Some attempt to keep faith but reject the church. A growing number of men are lukewarm. Men, about one in five, are more likely than women, about one in eight, by the way, to claim no formal religious affiliation. Significant number of young adults have left the Christian church. Among American ages, 18 to 29, a fourth say that they're not currently affiliated with any particular religion. See, what does stalling spiritually feel like, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about. It doesn't feel like a life going somewhere. It feels like my car stuck in my parents' driveway. Not going where? Stuck. So I have, I have two questions that I want you to consider. Are you ready? Are you ready? First question is this. Are you inspired at what God is doing in your life? Let me clarify that. Are you witnessing a transformation? See, see, because, because that is something that, that should be happening. There should be a constant transformation that's happening. I shouldn't be thinking the same uh, thoughts or in the same space that I was two years ago. Does that make sense? All right, so that's one. First question. The second one is, are you inspired? Now, when I say inspired, and I said in the first part, are you inspired? Are you like uh, with joy and excitement? Yes, this is going to happen. Are you inspired by what is happening in the part of the kingdom of God that you are a part of? 
Oh no, they got me on the worship team again. Oh, the ever-ending, never-ending, reckless love of God. Right, right. Do you find yourself, are you inspired about what God is doing in this part of the kingdom here? Because we're all part of the church, right? <laughs> Woo! Don't trade stalling for your calling. Calling is, is when God reaches for you and invites you to be a part of his plan. That's a calling, right? Paul wrote to Timothy and used the term holy calling. I want to read it. 2 Timothy 1.9, New King James Version. It says, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. By the way, calling is klesis in the, the Greek. And it means an invitation. A holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. This is something big is what I'm saying. I'm saying, hey, yo, what I'm saying is this. I'm saying that every Christian should be uh, responding to a calling. Not stalling. When Peter spoke on the topic at the end of the ministry, actually close to his death, it was proceeded with this natural growth of faith, right? You know the scriptures that I'm talking about. I'll, fine, I'll quote it. You don't have to. Second Peter uh, 1, 5 through 10, it says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith, help me, virtue. Add to your virtue, knowledge, right? To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. The answer is love, right? But here's the best, here's the best part. Watch this, watch this. In the very next verse, verse in verse 8, it says, For if these things are yours and abound, in other words, that it's good, that it's happening, that it's moving and coursing through your veins and through, through your spiritual care and all that in ministry and your calling and everything. If it is, you're good. But you will neither, watch this, this is a promise, this is a promise. You will neither be barren or unfruitful. Oh! Come on! See, what I'm talking about, <laughs> what I'm talking is about many times we sit around and we go, oh my goodness, nothing's happening. I'll tell you why nothing's happening. Because we got stalled. God doesn't intend for you to be stalled. He created you to be a machine, right? To be powered by his fuel, which is love. Woo. He says this, for he who lacks these things, right? Virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness. And has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore... Brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never, say it with me, never, never, never stumble.
See, what I'm saying is that God has a plan for you. God wants to do something through you that only you can do. Come on, I don't think you get that. I don't think you're hearing what I'm saying. I don't think you're catching, picking up what I'm laying down here. What I'm saying is that my ministry is effective for my ministry, but your ministry I can't take. I can't do what God has called you to do. Oh, come on. Oh, come on. I'll tell you what, there are people here that are dealing with cancer. And there's through that cancer, certain ministry is going to happen that I will never touch, Sister Tobias. I said it wrong. I was like, it was like so big and I was, everything was, I'm just going to, I'm walking up here. You get it. That was bad. Don't do that. Here's one of the things as a preacher, don't do that. Scratch that. But the point is still good. See, we're encouraged by Peter that we need to protect our calling. To be diligent in making our calling and election sure. Second Peter 1.10 says, So dear brothers and sisters, work hard to prove that you are really are among those God has, help me, called and chosen. Do these things and you will never fall away. Now I want you to know something here. That is, that is Second Peter um, in the New Living Translation. Don't trade your stalling for your calling. Strive to continue building your faith every day and, and, and walking in the plan of God. God called many of us and unfortunately, some of us have stalled out. I want you to know something that when I was preparing this sermon a while back, I, I had to have that moment. I, I had to consider those questions. See, many times what we do is we look at um, our ministry and we look at how effective our ministry is as to whether or not we are called or if we're stalled. Am I right? Am I okay? In other words, we look at what other people are supposed to be doing or not doing and determine if whether or not we are called or if we're stalled. Does that make sense? And, and so I looked, I was looking at my life and I'm like, God, what's going on? But I think the key to all of this is am I in, still inspired? I'm not saying that I'm not going to go through hard times. Amen. Right? We're going to do that. But, but am I still inspired about what God is doing inside of me? Is there times that I'm sitting there going, oh, that's a new thought. That's a good one. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Right? But if I'm always thinking about the same things and I'm stuck in the same mud and mire and I just can't get out and everybody's, you know, bad and, you know, it just begins to affect everything around me. I'll tell you what, you're, you're probably stalled. So I had to think about that. And then I had to think about, am I liking what's happening in the kingdom of God? Because God has more vision. I got to, all right, I got to tell you a story. All right, okay, so um, we had bought this building up in uh, McGuanago, and uh, I was going out, and uh, I was going to breakfast at this coffee shop, meeting somebody, and as I'm in line, there is a uh, guy who's standing there, and he's like, hey, how you doing, Pastor Rob? Good to see you. I'm like, what up, yo? I didn't do that. 
that been cool, right? <clears throat> so I said, hey, how are you doing, Ray? Good to see you. He goes, hey, I have a question. Now, we're in East Troy, which is not McGuanagall, which is about six, seven, eight miles away, right? And, uh, you know, um, he goes, so, Pastor Rob, I got a question for you. Have you ever thought about expanding into East Troy? What's my answer? Uh... Yes, he's, he was going to say it. Right? Now, I want you to know this. That I, we need to understand something. That I don't know what God's plan is. Okay? So, if it's about advancing the kingdom of God, my answer should always be, Yes. He just dropped a truth bomb right there. Listen, think about this for a second. Many times the thing that holds us back from the great things that God is going to do is us saying no. It can't happen. Right? Because what is that? That's a lack of faith. All right, so he says, so are you thinking about expanding in Detroit? We didn't have any plans in, uh, in there, but we know that our plan is to have campuses all over and everything. Um, I'm like, yes. It goes, good, 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 good. Um, do you guys, uh, do you guys, if somebody gives you guys like a, a building, um, would you take the building? Yes. So, if this works out, um, can I can I call you and and uh, you would you'd work through this deal with me? Yes. Now I'm like, wow, that is awesome, right? So one, I don't know what building it is. I don't know how big it is, how small it is. I don't know anything, right? So I'm just like, thank the Lord, God, he could do that. And I kind of felt like what the, the message was, the message was is that God was saying, babe, I got you. I got, don't worry about it. It's about my kingdom and I got it because I'm, I got this whole thing going. I'm like, all right, cool, no problem. So I didn't really think about it, you know. I have people that want to promise me things all the time. They're like, hey, listen, I'm going to give you a Lamborghini. I'm like, yes. Right? But I didn't, I, I'm not driving a Lamborghini. Okay, so get my, get my point. So I'm like, all right, cool, no problem. Well, anyway, a couple months pass over. All of a sudden, I get this phone call. He left it while I was in church or something. And, and so I see it and, and uh, I answer the voice message or I listen to the voice message. And he says, Hey, listen, about the whole building thing, you know, um, can, we, can we talk tomorrow? I'm like, oh my goodness. Is this happening? So um, I go, okay, cool. So he calls me the next day. He goes, so, so listen, you know, here's the deal. Um, the building is this building, specific building, and uh, this school district wants to give it to you. It's about, oh, how many square foot was it? It was like... It was a ton, and I'm forgetting the amount. But uh, anyway, it was, it was huge. It had a gym, and it had all these different things, and it was pretty cool. Um, and so he goes, would you be interested? And Well, before that, the night before, I was like, God, you know, what are we doing here? You know, what are we doing? And, and now it's hit me, because here's where it's hit me. It's hit me by me saying, do I have enough vision 
for where you want to go? Have you ever thought about that? Have, have you ever, see, you know, when we're young, we're like, yes, God, take me anywhere. I'm going to Greece. I'm going to Guatemala, right? We, we kind of, I'll do anything. Here we go. Ah, right? But as we get a little bit older, we're kind of like, all right. <sighs> give, me, give, give, give me a second here, right? Right? So, so here I'm like, oh, man, you know, what does God have in mind that maybe I don't know about? And I realized that my vision for the church had changed. Can I be, I know on Facebook, just, we're going to censor this part, but this will be fine. All right, I'm just going to talk to you. I'm going to be transparent for a second. I got to the place that we were full-time. We had grown really fast. Um, we had grown. I was now full-time. Um, I, I don't know if you know this, but I was a youth pastor before, and I was, I've been full-time ministry since I was 1998. And, uh, and so, you know, I'm sitting here going, all right, so now we're at a place that I'm full-time. I'm doing work for the church. You know, um, i kind of gotten stuck in maintenance mode. Have you ever been there in your spiritual life? I'm sorry. I know I'm supposed to be all full of faith and everything, but I'll get there, I promise. But, but God tested me. He said, listen, you know what you're doing? You're stalling a little bit. You don't even know what I have in store for you shook me shook me at my core and I began to weep that night before he called I began to weep and I began to say God what is going on what do I not see what do you want to do that maybe I'm missing out on God what's going on what's going on so anyway he calls me the next day well before he calls me I have this little talk I'm like God you know I don't know if he's going to just you know give us the blessing to the building and just hand it over or if they're going to actually give it to us for a very a little amount right and I was like you know in fact I don't know if I want to do that because if we have to buy it then we have to play closing closing costs and we have to get everything inspected all those pieces that go along with that right now we just don't have that cash to just kind of be fluid like that and uh and I was like but I guess I guess it was a dollar you know hey you know right I how do you say no to a dollar, right? <laughs> Fine, here's the dollar, right? So, um, so I'm like, God, I don't know what's going on, but you know, I've I've kind of always been, I've kind of always been like this that that God presents things in my life, but many times I'm like, God, I don't know what to do, um, but close doors if you don't want me to do that, right? And so I'm kind of pulling, throwing out this lease. I'm like, it has to be totally given to me, or it needs to be a dollar, otherwise it's not. So he calls me. You won't believe this. You have no idea, right, what's about to happen because I didn't just set it up, the whole story. Um, but uh, I'm sitting there. He calls me. He goes, okay, listen, here's what's going on. Um, the school district needs to give it to a nonprofit, um, but they need to sell it to you for. How did you guys know? See, what I'm, what I'm saying is, is that I'm, I'm saying, and, and I'm saying, we don't have enough vision for what God has vision for us. And so what do we do? We come to church. We sit on our pew. We try to be good little Christians. And then we stop. 
Saul was the first king of Israel. Saul was noted as the first king. By the way, we know that God's intention was never to give a king to Israel. Can I get an amen? I'm right, so say amen. Yes. Thank you. Um, the reason why is because he didn't want his people to have to put up an army, um, to have to pay for the army, to use resources for all of that. Uh, he didn't want to have to deal with bad kingdom, kings, and you know, all that kind of thing. Um, but anyway, the people wanted it, so God says, fine, I'll give you the king. You can have a king. And so they found Saul, and Saul was head and shoulders, right? He was tall, but he was so humble, right? He, he almost didn't come to the coronation and all these different things. Um, he was so humble. But here's what happened. He stalled out. I mean, he stalled out. You know the story. He stalled out so bad that he started taking over what the duties of the priest was, right? To try and offer a sacrifice. He, he like got it twisted in his head, right? And he began to say, fine, uh, I'm the king. I need to do it. Everybody's mad. So uh, I'm going to do this so that they can go and, and, and win this battle. And, and not only that, here's the worst part. The worst part is it ends where he, he takes his own life. first king of Israel. See, our calling is literally a message from heaven as to our very next steps. And so that's why we always need to be engaged. A calling isn't a one time. Sometimes people think that a calling is that I'm called to preach. I'm called to pastor. And once I become a pastor or once I preach, then I'm good for the next 80 years. Now, very true. You may be. That may be what God has to do for you. But I'm telling you that a calling doesn't stop at a position. Oh, I don't know if you heard me. A calling is never about a position. A position is just one, uh, one platform from which you minister. That's it. People want to be a pastor all the days. You don't want to be a pastor. Don't be a pastor. Don't do it. Unless you're called. Otherwise, it will be the worst mistake of your life. And many times that's what we're doing is we're, we're in, inserting ourselves into a calling that God hasn't called us to. And then, then we run into all this ruin and destruction that happens around us. Don't do it. Right? I'm not talking about pastoring anymore. You get what I'm saying. I'm talking about our calling. So this brings us to my opening scripture. This brings us to the disciples. In the story of, of, of Jesus meeting the disciples, and we know that, that Peter had said, let's go fishing. This is John chapter 21, right? And at dawn, Jesus is standing on the beach, and uh, the disciples couldn't see who he was, and he, he calls out, he says, fellows, padres, hermanos, mi amigos, yo, have you caught any fish? Uh-uh. I'm sorry? Mm-mm. What? No, we have not. Throw the nets on the other side of the boat. You'll get some fish. 153 very big fish came in. Pretty awesome. Peter figures it out, right? And he's like, oh my goodness, that is Jesus. Actually, he probably said, oh my God. 
right? There he is. He, he puts on a shirt. He got modest. That's good. Amen. Brother. Jumps in, to, jumps in, goes out and meets Jesus and everything. Helps bring in the, kit, the fish and everything. Uh, they load it on. And I will say this is a tremendous story of a great miracle. Jesus shows up, shows the area that needs attention, and, and he has the answer. And you may say, uh, what are you talking about? And I'll say this. The disciples listened and obeyed God, right? When asked to throw the net on the other side, caught so much fish... Peter gets out of the boat, leaves Jesus. What's the problem here? It sounds like a great deal. The problem is something that mankind is constantly dealing with. That when the winds of change start blowing, we start stalling. What? God, you want me to go to Greece? Uh, I don't have the money. Uh, I don't do this. Uh, I don't do that. Right, right. We begin to start stall as to why we didn't go. Why we didn't step into this place. I want you to talk to this person. Uh, I can't because I have to go to Old Navy, right? You know, we come up with different reasons, right? We begin stalling, but God's like, you're missing out. You're missing out on what I have in store for you. So there's the story. So I was, uh, I don't know if I shared this before. I said I was uh, at, um, standing outside Old Navy because my wife was in Old Navy. And I'm sitting outside and I'm on this bench and there's all these benches. There's like three benches. One, two, three. And uh, so I'm sitting on the bench. And I have my bench here and there's an empty bench, empty bench. This guy comes and sits on my bench. I know. I'm like, dude, my bench. You see all these, see all these benches? Wasn't a big good time for me. Amy was in Old Navy. That's why. Um, I'm sitting on the bench, and, and I'm just sitting there like, okay, fine. You know? And God says, I want you to talk to him. I'm like, I don't want to. I am busy. <laughs> um, I want you to talk to him. What do you want me to talk to him about? I don't want to. He's not talking to me. Why do I need to talk to him? <clears throat> I want you to talk to him. What do you want me to talk to him about? Hell. <laughs> you want me to talk to him about hell? Eternal damnation? Is that what I'm hearing, Lord? Right? And he's like, yeah, I want you. <laughs> Maybe I'll get him off my bench. Hello. Hola. God, I don't even speak Spanish. Uh, ¿Cómo estás? Estoy bien. You too? Well, we begin talking a little bit. I'm like, all right, how am I going to bring this up, right? So I begin talking to him about, and I had just seen this movie. It was uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. And, you know, that's the scripture that uh, talks about how don't be afraid of the person that can steal your body, but the person that can steal your body and your soul, you get it, right? Okay, so, and then they have this whole story, this video is about these kids are in a, a truck, and then they're out driving, and they're drinking, and doing all this different thing, they get in a car accident, and all of a sudden, they wake up in these pods, uh, and, and there's this 
guy, you know, like walk around, you know, you know, like bothering them and everything. And, and, uh, and, and then, you know, just, I know, I know you're really freaked out about this. Let me tell you, they get out, they wake up, right? And they're like, oh my goodness, I'm coming back to God. Right. Okay. So it's all good. Well, anyway, I don't like the movie. The reason why I don't like the movie is because that is not what the Bible says about hell. See, sometimes we get this idea that people think that what is about hell is that, that the demons are in charge and that they're going to torment us for the rest of our life. That's not what the Bible says that hell was created for the angels that fell, right? And, and, and the devil, right? The devil and his angels. So anyway, I'm talking to him about this and, and, uh, and he's like a doctor. He's like a doctor from a different country. And so I invite him to come to church. He comes to church. And I'm sitting with him in the Spanish service. And at the end of the service, I'm like, all right, it's coming to the end. What's going to happen? And, you know, I'm kind of sitting there. Have you ever been there where you're kind of a part of something? And, and God's like, okay, sit down. Sit down, son. I'll handle it. Right? No? Just me. Ah. My bad. Awkward. Um, so anyway, I'm sitting there. And uh, all of a sudden, they stand up. And he takes his whole family. And he walks all the way down, and they fall on their knees before God, and they have this moment with God. AJ, I, Pastor AJ, I almost missed that. See, I'm talking about stalling. I'm saying as the church of God, we cannot be stalling. We, we've, got to, we've got to be moving forward and, and acting and, and moving to get to our calling that God has for us. So for context sake here, we have Jesus who has already died on the cross. Right? And was resurrected and even showing himself to the world again. This is what's happening in John chapter 21. And here are the disciples. And are, are you kidding me? They are fishing. Are you getting what I'm saying? Jesus is alive, right? He's come back from the dead. He's, he's phasing through walls, right? He's walking along a mass. All of these things. Great things are happening. Mary and Martha, they ran to the tomb, right? They did all that. They found Jesus. He's alive. And, uh, and the disciples here are going fishing. You may not know this, but, but when there is change, people tend to run back to what they know best. Which keeps us from our future glory stories. As a faith community in Radcliffe, you have stories of great events, right? When you were bringing in van loads from the base of people getting baptized in Jesus' name. Those are awesome stories. And you have your own. But let me tell you this. Your remember when's will never outdo what's coming next if you don't quit stalling. The calling is meant to continue answering, continue listening, continue acting. Don't, don't be content with just being baptized or filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't stop there. God has so much more. Now listen, are the disciples, aren't they the last ones that are supposed to spiritually stall out? They're literally walking with God incarnate. 
Jesus has appeared to them two or three times already since the resurrection. But still, Peter found himself ready to get back to everyday life and livelihood. Where was his passion to be with Jesus? See, he wasn't inspired about what was happening inside. He wasn't inspired about what was happening in his part of the kingdom. Where was his purpose? Peter even discovered he couldn't even catch fish anymore. Peter's experience gives us an insight into the emotional barriers I think that we face. One, I think one that we uh, face that, that is uh, a barrier, emotional barrier to vibrant faith is this. There's four of them. Are you ready? The first one is disillusioned. Things were not going as the disciples imagined that they would go. They thought that a new kingdom would be set up. Jesus would be sitting on the throne. They would be around him as deacons and uh, helping, helping right all the wrongs that had happened against Israel. They were disillusioned. Second thing, they were disqualified. That's another emotional barrier that we run into. Oh, you don't understand. I am just not as good as. Right? I don't have the skills. I don't have the talent. I don't have the ability. I, I just can't do that. And so we, be, we disqualify ourselves. Peter had denied Christ um, uh, three times. Thomas was doubting, right? He left them assuming that they were no longer deserving of a relationship with Jesus Christ. Fourth one, disengaged. Finding himself more at home fishing than seeking Jesus. Finding ourselves more at home on Netflix than signing up for children's ministry. More involved in my career than signing up for life groups. And the last one is disconnected. Becoming more comfortable in the fishing boat than in the upper room. I'm more comfortable in my car when I turn on the stereo and listen to the message, right, the music, than being in church in the presence of the Most High. Sometimes we stall because the relationships are changing. There's more intimacy required or the relationship has evolved to the next level. Now here, Jesus was back, right? But he was different. They didn't recognize him on the road to Emmaus. There was this impending discussion that if he was actually raised from the dead, he wasn't just one of the really smart ones of the group. That could heal people. Right? There was a distinct difference between human beings and their creator. And they understood that. The relationship was changing. Let me tell you something. There's a truth that you need to know. That without God, there's no input from him. Sometimes we want to go on our own, right? We want, to, we want to try on our own. But there's no input from God if we're without Him. We can recuse ourselves or isolate ourselves from people who can add value to our life. Which the only one missing out is us then. 
And if we're not careful, we can remove ourselves from God too. And why God? I'll tell you why. Because he knows us better than anyone else. Not that what we show someone, right? Because some of us can clean up really nice. But inside, in desperate need of God's grace. Psalms 103, 14. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. You know, I was thinking a little bit about this relationship with God, right? There, there is some awesome benefits to being married. Can I get a hua? Can I get an amen? Come on, help me a little bit here. There are benefits to being married. One of the greatest, what I feel is one of the greatest benefits to being married. Are you ready? Saved seats. You know what I'm talking about, right? I can walk in any place. I've gone and parked the car. I can walk in any place and know that I have a seat saved for me. Right? Isn't that awesome? And I'll tell you what, Amy, she can walk into any place that I've gone before her and she knows. She, she can be 20 minutes late if she wants. She can take all the time to do her hair and whatever she's got to do. She can be late. And I'm telling you what, i got a seat for her right here. Right? See, sometimes we don't understand, too, the benefits of being with God. Now, we hear about it, don't we? We do. We hear about it, right? Forgiveness of sins. Mm. Purpose. We have a, actually a roadmap. The Word of God. The how-tos of life in Proverbs. Right? All of these things just because of Jesus Christ. But many times we get stuck there. We just get stuck there. You know, here, here's, the, here's the other one that I really like. Is I like the idea that I am a steward of whatever God gives me. Right? Do you know what that means? That means that when my car breaks down, I go, God, what are you doing about your car? And sometimes I get checks in the mail. Has anybody ever experienced that? Amen. Sometimes I have things that go wrong. There have been times where something little has gone wrong. Right? And I'm like, oh my goodness, I got to do something. And so I, I call the person to come. The person comes and like, oh, you don't understand. This whole thing is messed up. You need help with this whole thing. I'm telling you what, this whole thing with your, your beams here and, and the restructure and all that thing, I'm telling you, God's going to do something awesome through the middle of this. <laughs> do you know why? Because this church is God's church. We're his stewards. Yet another reason that when I'm in ministry, I do the best that I can because it is as unto God. Amen? You know, millions of people, Billy Graham said this, millions of people today are searching for a reliable voice of authority. The Word of God is the only real authority we have. His Word sheds light on human nature, world problems, and human suffering. But beyond that, it clearly reveals the way to God. And when we read God's Word, we fill our hearts with His words, and God is speaking to us. Here's my final point. Musicians can come. God will always meet you where you are. Now listen. I know that some of you might be listening to my words today. 
you might be going, oh my goodness, I'm stalled. I need help. And, and, and you, have this, you have this roadmap, right? And you're like, all right, I got to do this, I got to do that. And you're like, oh, and you're just overwhelmed. Like, how do I, how do I get out of this, right? How, how do I break through this? And I don't even know how to, I'll tell you how. Jesus will meet you where you're at. Listen, don't, don't feel bad. I'm, I'm telling you what, you don't have to, you don't have to be perfect before God's going to talk to you. That's what, that's what I'm saying, right? He, he, he's around and he's like, I got you. I got you. I'll meet you. In fact, you know what? I got it. Jessica, I need to tell you something. He did not have a find disciple phone app or email notifications to find out where the disciples were. Let that sink in. Seriously. He knew where they were, stood on the bank. Hey, how's the fishing? God knows where you are. He knows what you're dealing with. You know, maybe it is dark and dirty where you're at. Maybe you're like, oh my goodness, I need to repent now. The Bible says, come unto me, draw unto me, and I will draw unto you. God knows where you're at at all times. He doesn't lose track of anybody. He doesn't, he doesn't, uh, he doesn't lose track of what, of what you're at and where you're at. And, and he doesn't lose track of his call to you. He doesn't, sometimes, uh, uh, let me just, for a second, it'll be a second, and then we'll pray, all right? We'll be fine. It'll be good, all right? Sometimes we have coming to God and, and we were had this moment with God and we were just experiencing God and, and God spoke to us and he said, hey, I will have this for you. I want you to do this. And we, we got it down the altar. We got it in our car and in our prayer closet at home or something, right? And, 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 and then life just kind of got involved. I got married and you know, our spouses always want all our attention, right? And then we had kids and oh, Jesus, help us for that, right? You know, kids, they're beautiful and we love them a lot. And they don't impose on our time at all. Um, but we maybe life just kind of got into that, right? Maybe our career kind of just snuck up and everything. And so now we're looking back and it's been like, it's been like a decade. And we're like, oh my goodness, I haven't even done it. And you, I don't even want, I don't even want to go and talk to God. I'm like, hey God, <laughs> I don't know if you remember. And he's kind of like, hey, listen, I already passed you by. I got somebody else working on that. That's not how God works. See, because he's always saying, hey, listen, I got you. I got you. I, I know where I'm going to connect you to. Why don't we all stand? So here we see. At the end of the story that Jesus create, uh, does some breakfast, right? And then uh, he consoles them, gives them food and all that kind of stuff. He told them where to fish. He gives them, cooks them a meal. He then inspires them. And you know the part of the scripture that I'm talking about, right? In Where he's talking to Simon Peter. He says, Simon Peter, what does he say? He says, do you love me? By the way, this, this is the question that Jesus is asking you right now, too. He says, do you love me? And what does Simon Peter say? He says, I got you. Love you. 
peace, right? He's like, all right, I need you to do something. I want you to feed my lambs. Feed the little babies. Take care of the little ones that are, that are needing in protection, right? You need to feed my lambs. Inspire them. Help them. Bless them with your words. Bless, right? Feed my lambs. Cool. Got it. Check. Okay. Peter, got a question for you. Yes, Lord. Do you love me? Bro, <laughs> looks around at his disciples. Yes, Lord. We just had the conversation. You know what I want you to do now? I want you to take care of my sheep. I want you to take care of my sheep. Okay? I can do that. I, I can be a good buddy. I can be a good peer. I can be a good encourager, right? I, I can take care of you. Peter! Yes, sir. Do you love me? Oh, Lord, you know. You know that I love you. Feed my sheep. Don't allow... Don't allow time and space and, and moments and everything to, to inhibit the call that I have for you, Peter. Don't get distracted with going out and fishing for fish here. Don't be distracted. I, I got something so much more for you, Peter. I, now I want you to feed my sheep. So now Jesus has, has done all of this and he said, I want you... feed my sheep. Now today you may you may be looking at your current place. And I want you I'll say this real quick and I don't want you to lose hope. I had a 1986 Renault Alliance, not a Camaro. Right? And many times that's what we do. God, you don't understand. I do not have the grace or sing as good as Sister Kathy. How can you use me? Yeah, I, I can't even convey a thought or speak as good as Pastor Dummett. How would you use me? And here's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, I just need you to listen to me. Now, something about that, I'm going to bring us all back around and then we're going to pray. Something about that Renault Alliance, that 1986 Renault Alliance that some of you don't have the appreciation for that I did. <clears throat> Something happened. After I paid off that transmission, thank the Lord God Almighty, I was able to put a loan against my 1986 Renault Alliance for a ring. I was able to ask her to marry me. Now let me tell you this. That when you're stalled, you can neglect the most important relationships that are in your life. Listen, this is important. When you're called, 
you will be exposed to the most important relationships in your life. This is the most important relationship in this earthly life that I have. That woman right there. She has my heart. Some of us may be sitting there and we might say, you know, I just don't feel God moving. I just, I don't know, I'm just not in it. You know, we're in the middle of somewhere in July. You know what? And I'm telling you this. I'm telling you that God wants to expose you to things that you've never even thought of. He, he, <laughs> he wants to expand your vision of the calling that he has on you that you've ever, that you've never even thought of. He wants to expose you to the greatest relationship in the world. And if that's you today, if, if today you're saying, man, I just don't know if I'm fully into this calling thing, I, that's why this altar is open. It's because, it's because you now are at the feet of Jesus Christ. You're at the feet of the one above all, right? You, you, you begin to open up that conversation. You say, God, call. I'm listening. Can I pray for you and then we'll open up this altar? Listen, I know that if each... No, no, okay, we can go this way. If each of you jumped 100% into your calling, what do you think this part of the kingdom of God would be like? Think about it. I mean, if, if each of us were saying, God, I'm yours, do it. <laughs> I'm, telling you, I'm telling you, it would blow your mind. It's not what used to happen, but what is God going to happen? See, I don't know if you believe me yet. And I'm telling you where this all comes from. This all comes from this understanding that there is a great God who cares about you. And he wants to bring out the very best in you by leading you in his plan. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray over the church of the crossroads here, Lord. Radcliffe Crossroads. I pray, Lord Jesus, that your words, that your spirit would just flood this place. I pray, Lord, in your name. The name above all names. Lord God, you are the one that steps into their lives. You are the one that sees where they're at and you call to them. You help them, Lord God. You are the one that gives and prompts the calling in their lives. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you'd open their minds. Lord God, that they would be inspired about the transformation that is happening within them. That they'd be inspired by, by the, the work that is happening in the kingdom in this area. Lord Jesus, we thank you, we adore you, we love you. In the name of Jesus, this altar is open. Please come. Say yes, Lord.